Welcome to True Free Audio, episode number 8, June 15th, 2008. Speaking through this tiny box, through wires where it's walks, strutting down browser blocks, worldwide transmission talk, fuzzy flicker FM balls, DRM dash to the balls, podcast broadcast signal no noise, global infinite internet choice, music chimes get it all for free. Your labels don't get me. Contracts kiss my industry. I'll sing the system to its knees. This week on True Free Audio, I'll be discussing the wonders of the Newgrounds Audio Portal and what it actually is in relative to us creative common folk. And with respect to that, this week's featured artist is David Orr. He's kind of, sort of, a Newgrounds artist. He publishes a lot of his stuff on Newgrounds, but he's also kind of independent. So, we'll take a listen to a few of his songs. I have quite a few, and he's a very good artist. I suggest you check him out. But first, the news. The first story this week has a relative respect to this podcast. I will not be here, technically, for the next two weeks. However, with the lovely future post capabilities of Blogger, I will be able to put out a podcast for all of you subscribers. I think there's five, maybe six of you. So you five and six, five or six people, yeah, you'll still be getting the weekly dose of music, but you won't be getting news per se. I'll be recording all of the all the next two episodes in this weekend, so expect pretty short podcasts over the next two weeks. It's basically just going to be a featured artist more than likely from Newgrounds because that's what this week's theme is so and I've kind of been doing a three-week chunk more or less of featured artists from various sites so the next three weeks or the next two weeks expect a lot of featured artist music it'll basically be that and a little bit of me talking towards the end about various things. I think the next episode I'm planning on doing uh, maybe how to make Creative Commons music, just like the music in general. And the week after will be how to get it known out there in the world, how to distribute yourself, that kind of thing. Promote your brand, so to speak. Now the first real article comes to us via Ars Technica, the art of technology or Ars Technica. It's kind of the end-all be-all of conglomerate newscasting about internet tech or technology in general. It's not quite wired and it's not quite as focused as wired and it's not quite as broad as say uh, TechCrunch, but 
the article name is the RIAA Double Settlement Costs for Students Fighting Subpoenas. And to sum up the news, the RIAA has decided that it will now begin charging for fighting against subpoenas. If you're a college student, you've been subpoenaed because you've been downloading music illegally. In the past, you could technically file complaints and fight it ad nauseum. However, now the RAAA is instituted a little fee wherein if you try to fight the subpoena, the price starts going up, doubling and increasing by three, four thousand dollars each cut. So you're looking at a huge jump pretty quickly. And it's probably going to force a lot of college students to just settle for the $3,000 that it normally is. And not try to fight it even once. And because it automatically almost brings it up to almost seven dollars or $8,000. So that's a huge investment, especially for a college student. $3,000 already is a huge investment, especially for a college student. Now, the reason the RIAA says they go after colleges is to promote, uh, you know, the right kind of growth in an educational atmosphere. But really, the RIAA goes after colleges because they're not commercial ISPs. They can put pressures on their end users that commercial ISPs can't really do. I mean, the worst that a commercial ISP can do is cut off your service. And even then, you just go towards another one. Colleges, on the other hand, can fine you, cut your courses, um, eject you, uh, a whole bunch, just a smattering of really high-end things that you probably don't want to happen to you in your college career. And it's kind of like focusing in on them because they can't really I mean what's the worst that can happen to you or that a commercial ISP has happened to it in the case where it gets a subpoena towards uh, one of their users they have probably hundreds of thousands of users they're not really going to be going after every guy that does something wrong. They're probably just going to forward the letter on to you and not really care. A college, on the other hand, gets money from the government, state institute, or uh, state funding, just a whole bunch of areas, even private sector funding. And having a bunch of students on your campus that do pirated music distributions probably isn't going to get you a lot of grants. It's also probably not going to get you a lot of money from the national government because the RIAA has that huge lobbying power that they like to throw around like an old sock. But basically, the RIAA can put pressure on colleges a lot more than they can put pressure on your average commercial ISP like Comcast or Verizon. I mean, they can say, hey, you've got a bunch of evil music distributors on your network Ooh. but the chances of those ISPs actually going out and finding those people or even 
you know, willingly giving up the identities of the people that the RAA subpoenas is starting to actually go down. Commercial ISPs regularly don't hand out who the people are based on just their ISP. A lot of private ones do, or not a lot, well, it depends on your definition of private. The smaller ones tend to try and fight it. Larger corporations just lose it in the mail a lot. But basically, it's that simple. Colleges, private institutions like that are easy targets. And the very last paragraph of this article sums it up perfectly. And quoting the article, Colleges are simply scapegoated because they're easy targets, she says, pointing out that schools do far more to educate their networks about network users about copyright, fair use, and file swapping than any commercial ISP in the U.S. The schools are easier to pursue than individuals because they are uniquely vulnerable to government pressure in the form of grants and aid money, while at the same time they possess unique punishing powers that commercial ISPs lack. That sums up the entire RIAA ploy against colleges. Our second news story is from environmentalgraffiti.com. Not something you hear of a lot, but in the tech business anyway, but I'm sure if you're part of the Green Party you go here regularly, but it's about a huge warehouse in New York having been converted to a giant instrument, basically. David Byrne, uh, an old artist from the late 80s, took basically the structural mechanics of the building, all the columns, the radiators, the rafters, the walls, all that stuff, and he makes it vibrate or hits it with uh, motor or motors that vibrate, run around like your vibrators and in your cell phones, or solenoids like just pistons that hit things on the walls and make noise. And he has them all laid out on an old-fashioned organ or electric organ, and he plays it. It's a joy to watch. I'll put a link both to the article and to the video of this awesome creation that he's made. And words cannot truly describe what's going on here. You have to really look. It's a really visual sort of thing. But once you see it, you think, how did no one try this before? I mean... It does sound a little weird, but when you listen to some of the strange music that comes out of, say, Nine Inch Nails or even some of the newer Radiohead albums, and even a lot of newer, not necessarily pop, but kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? Not pop, but, elect not electronic, but kind of like that industrial kind of deal, only it's 
like an industrial trance. It's like a throw up of eight different genres that just fuse into the air and come down to something magical to describe it lightly. But when he plays it, it actually sounds kind of like music. I mean, you wouldn't expect it with just basically motors spinning and things hitting columns, but it's surprising. I suggest you check it out for yourself on the internets and look at the pictures in the article. But especially just watch the video. If nothing else, watch the video. It's a really interesting video that, well, is awesome. <laughs> now, as I said earlier in this broadcast, this week's featured artist is David Orr. That's David spelled like David, and or, like, or with an extra R. From the Newgrounds Audio Portal. Now, the Newgrounds Audio Portal, I have been a big fan of, and it's technically what got me interested in Creative Commons music. Um, if you aren't familiar with Newgrounds by now, you probably should be. It's the center of the internet. Basically, more memes come from Newgrounds than I think anywhere else. I mean, Numa Numa, uh, Metal Gear Awesome, like Salad Fingers, uh, a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, the only other place that I can think of that would have more memes coming from it would be 4chan. And even then... 4chan and YTMND. That's like Newgrounds, 4chan, and YTMND form like the center of internet culture. Honestly, if you don't, if you are part of the internet, you know those names. And if you're not part of the internet, chances are you know at least one or two of those names. And Newgrounds, while not, I wouldn't say web 2.0e because it's been around for a good long while predating web 2.0 i would well what you would commonly define as web 2.0 the beginning date but it's been around forever basically and the audio portal is a testament to glory it's got a ton of different media a lot of video game music remixes, and a lot of techno. So if you like that stuff, you're going to be in heaven. You're going to also find the occasional really good composer, like David Orr here, for example. He has a lot of, uh, I guess you could call it classical techno, like that fusion blend there. He also has some really just basic components that form a lot of different genre-breaking ideas. So, with that in mind, I'll play three songs by David Orr. Dancing with the Spirits, Nocturne in C-sharp minor, and The Pharaoh's Tomb.
So, first off, That was Dancing with the Spirits. 
Up next, Nocturne in C-sharp minor.
And that was Nocturne in C-sharp minor. Finally, the last song by David Orr, The Pharaoh's Tomb. the final song by David Orr, The Pharaoh's Tomb. In basically closing, tune in next week. I'll be having lots of interesting things. Um, maybe two featured artists next week. That'll be interesting. I'll also be covering how to produce music, as in what equipment you should ha at least have. Um, very minimal stuff. Stuff like headphones, microphones, that kind of deal. Software, too. I'm not that good at programming for software, so I can't do that kind of thing. However, there's, I'll find resources for that, and I'll point you in the right direction. 
and the following week I will cover how to promote said music through however you so desire whether well I don't want to give it away just yet because then I won't have anything to talk about two weeks from now so look forward to those podcasts in the near future thanks and good night